I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Richard Byworth, the Chief Executive Officer of Diginex. Richard, you have just listed on NASDAQ. You are an exchange listing on an exchange. What are the benefits of doing so? Yeah, Robin, I mean, just to clarify, we're a digital asset exchange. So there aren't digital asset exchanges today that are offering securities within a regulated framework. And so for us, when it came to the selection of choosing how to really illustrate the transparency and governance structures that we as a forward thinking digital asset firm wanted to bring to the industry, we felt that it was very important to be with an extremely credible exchange globally. Obviously, there's no more credible technology uh, stock exchange in the world than NASDAQ. And obviously, that's overseen by the SEC, one of the world's most credible regulators as well. So with that sort of mindset, we wanted to make sure that we were bringing a cryptocurrency and digital asset business really to the forefront of the technology center of the world, and that is NASDAQ as a stock exchange. And also it gives you a level of transparency that might otherwise not have been around. Absolutely. And I think if you look at the cryptocurrency industry and particularly the exchanges within that, a large amount of the issues and trust and overall adoption issues have been around the lack of transparency and the lack of good governance. I mean, even in the last few weeks, we've seen a situation where poor governance has led to the fact that people can't withdraw their assets to the exchange when a particular key man is unable to be on site. And uh, that was that was witnessed recently in China with one of the major exchanges over there. And so you know, for us, obviously being a NASDAQ listed exchange, a lot of what we had to file with the SEC in the initial stages was a lot of the protocols and governance and processes that we have around the way that we operate our business. And I think that gives a level of comfort to people wanting for the first time to access this asset class, to feel comfort buying Bitcoin or sending money into one of these exchanges. They need that level of transparency and they need to know that there's that level of governance as well. Absolutely, because it has been, let's be honest, it's been a bit of a wild west out there over the last few years. No, it really has. You've seen a number of regulatory issues, most recently with the CFTC challenging one of the exchanges in Hong Kong around the way that they've been distributing derivative products to US citizens. Obviously, the UK has now firmly stated that crypto derivatives need to be within the framework of broker-dealers and can't be offered direct to retail. So it, it, the whole industry is moving into the, the avenue of being more institutional, more regulatory focused. I think regulators are stepping up the ante around what's being done in this industry, obviously with a, a focus on what's going to likely be happening with central bank digital currencies as well, and making sure that there are frameworks in place uh, for this industry. And so it's very important that for broader adoption, for institutions to start to participate, that you have players like ourselves that have always come from that background of a regulatory mindset and are moving forward to help regulators actually create legislation around this industry and define regulation. Now, you were very quick to point out when we started that you're a digital asset business. You're not an exchange exchange as such, but you have the cryptocurrency exchange. You also have other parts of the business. What are the services you're offering? For us, it was always about making sure that we brought every facet of the industry that was necessary to see broad institutional adoption. 
And if you start at the very beginning, when an institution is at the point of making the decision to either be involved in cryptocurrencies or broadly digital assets, when, when I'm talking about digital securities, the main focus at the initial phase is custody and making sure that they have safe custody, that these assets can't be lost or stolen, and that there is a third party provider that has you know, a regulatory framework around what they're offering. So we started with that. We built a custodian called DigiVault uh, that operates out of the UK and was designed by an uh, ex-leader in, in the Ministry of Defense's security solutions. He built that with a team from Infrastructure Banking and is now a Crest certified and Cyber Essentials Plus accredited. And that accreditation is designed by the Ministry of Defense for cybersecurity. So that's your sort of your building block. And then it was about obviously having a marketplace for these, these cryptocurrencies and digital assets to be traded and making sure that, that also has a regulatory framework. We operate the exchange out of Singapore. And so that allows us to operate within the Singapore's Payment Services Act under an exemption and effectively offer that out broadly to clients from retail all the way through to institutions. And that, again, was very, very important. We talked about the NASDAQ and having that sort of governance and oversight and uh, as well as that sort of transparency, I think is extremely important to make sure that institutions feel that level of comfort. But we're not going to immediately say that all institutions should be operating on Equos. I mean, the liquidity across this industry is quite global, it's quite fragmented. And so it's important to be able to aggregate all of that liquidity and so what we've done is designed a platform for trading across any of these exchanges. So you can aggregate the liquidity, trade spreads across different exchanges, arbitrage, we call that Diginex access. And actually that, again, coming back to the more institutional way of thinking, plugs into portfolio management systems from two of the world's largest trading technology providers, FIS and Activity. So these are two very, very large trading technology providers FIS stands for Fidelity Investment Solutions, and uh, I think recently acquired WorldPay, so it's north of a $100 billion company. And then on the asset management side, we felt that it was very important to, for, for institutions that didn't want to actually have to worry about custody of these assets, that they have some sort of product that they can invest in, that they can put in pension schemes as equity or as funds. So we've designed a fund of hedge fund business that is focused entirely on crypto strategies. So there's some real differentiated alpha in this industry at the moment, from arbitrage to quantitative and algorithmic trading, as well as liquidity provision and sort of long short arbitrage. And then finally, the overall business that sits on top of the platform side is Diginex Capital. So Diginex Capital is a boutique securitization advisory firm that allows firms to move all the way from origination of a securitization through to distribution of those securitizations in the form of digital securities. And obviously with our framework in place in the future as regulation allows to offer a digital asset or digital security, I should say, trading platform as well as custodian. Now, there is one thing you said that just a bell went off in my head. You mentioned pension funds investing, have we, obviously you would say so, I guess, have we reached the stage where this is safe for my granny? I think uh, it depends how you think about it. If you're talking about your granny going and investing and buying directly Bitcoin, that is going to be something that's quite complex for her to deal with. 
And I would suggest that probably at least at this early stage of sort of simplicity, technology adoption should probably be looking at either a fund product or an equity product. And so obviously, you know, you have the equity of Diginex, our, our own equity that's listed on NASDAQ as sort of your picks and shovels trade. But you do also have a number of trackers that are directly focused on the performance of these digital assets. And what I would say is dangerous for your, your granny, depending on how old she is or isn't, that it's dangerous not to be positioned in a way to hold something that is so differentiated in a portfolio diversification as something like Bitcoin. And I guess that's a whole other conversation. But really, when you think about a scarcity that has managed to be implemented with a digital asset is, uh, is something extremely special. And it's obviously what's now driving a number of very big macro investors and institutional investors actually towards this asset class as a store of value. One point I'd like to explore further is the, obviously, is the exchange. Security is an issue. Compliance is an issue. And you mentioned there have been a number of stories, but you mentioned one of them about uh, the fact that an exchange ground to a halt in China because a key man wasn't around to do what he was supposed to be doing. How do you make sure that this is the right environment for people and, and indeed a compliant <clears throat> and secure environment? Well, this is everything that we've tried to design with Equos. It's addressing all of these different issues. You don't want to be sending money into a platform that's about to be shut down by the CFTC for breach of uh, global regulations or money laundering or whatever it might be. So you've got to make sure, as you rightly say, that you're operating within compliance standards to the highest degree internationally and that you're looking at all regulators around the way that they will regulate their citizens' usage, even if they're not onshore, uh, the US obviously being the main one. When it comes to security, it's really about making sure that you have the highest degrees of security process, but also technology that allows you to really make sure that you have that degree of certainty that you need to have. Now, let's be clear, there's always ways that a company can get hacked. And we've seen you know, multiple examples of this. And it, it's really about education. So we have regular firm-wide education sessions around ways that they can be targeted as individuals with their, you know, with their phones, with their email addresses, with their personal email addresses. And we make sure that everybody has a very high degree of understanding of how they could become a target, even though they're not a key person within the protocol process around the keys. Now, everyone in the company has been targeted multiple times. Um, this is normal, very normal in this industry, but at least we're making sure that everybody is well-trained around it and, uh, and observant of these things. When it comes to the actual process and governance, then we have a very clearly laid out multi-signatory key process that means that multiple people need to authorize transactions. Let's round up with you then. Tell me a little bit about your journey into this position. Sure. So I, uh, I started my career in investment banking. I was a trader first and then a salesman later. I had spent a lot of time on derivative products, things like convertible bonds, equity derivatives, Delta One, futures and options, all of these things. And actually, I led uh, Nomura's Asian franchise efforts for distribution of all of those products. I had started pivoting my career towards venture capital and private equity investing. I was approached by the founder of Diginex, actually someone that I'd met with 
for investment. I invested. And then a few months later, after leaving banking and, and choosing to go down the road of joining a, a venture cap myself, I actually the founder suggested that I come and help him build uh, this, this company. And, uh, and that's what I did. And we really, at the, at the end of 2017, started mapping out what we saw as being really the required infrastructure for this institutional adoption. And over the last two and a half years, that's what we've been rapidly building. Um, and, uh, and that's where, what's taken us to where we are today. You've listed on NASDAQ, you've got the company to where it is today. Where are you taking it next? So the next phase for us is really about broadening out the product offering on the exchange, allowing derivatives to really come to the fore with this product set. I think it's really important for people to have options around their core collateral base of these digital assets and being able to manage those risks with derivative product is really important. And, and design what we've seen in traditional banking around things like prime brokerage. So again, coming back to that core collateral of the digital asset and being able to borrow and lend around that and actually create interest rates accounts around these, these products as well and allow people really to take control of their own financial future. I think this is a technology that really allows people to be involved in pretty much everything they like. I mean, that is what's so exciting about the future for digital securities is that you can really go very granular in your portfolio selection, almost surgical. Uh, so you could say, I want to invest in a, in a property in Sao Paulo that's yielding me 15% on a yield basis and, and, and growth rate of 5%. And then I also want to be allocating to somewhere in Sweden that operates uh, some sort of green energy site and in, in, in the same way is, is yielding something different. So I can have a very surgical approach to my portfolio allocation and I'm not having to write these minimum tickets to these private equity managers or sort of the JFs of this world that are charging me enormous upfront fees. So it really allows you to step out of that world and, and become all seeing, all allocating. And that's the future that we're building towards with Diginex Capital. Richard Byworth, Chief Executive Officer of Diginex. Thank you very much.